Autobots Transform. Well, hey, welcome back to the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. I'm Paul. I'm John. And today it is episode 45 of Transformers Armada. It is Dash. This episode was written by Zayo Shizuya, and the last time on Transformers Armada, the Autobots finally arrived on Cybertron, only to find it was completely destroyed, yet somehow worth saving. <laughs> and in this episode, the Decepticons question Galvatron's insistence that Unicron is not real. Well, now I think, I guess, Galvatron thinks, you know, he possibly could be, because he's thinking about what Optimus proposed last time, when he was like, you gotta work together against this guy. And uh, Wheeljack is really worried about that black hole out there, because it's back, I guess. Yeah, which, uh, to me, is proof of his existence or existence of something. Uh, But Thrust is very quick to try to kibosh this. Uh, He tries to distract uh, I keep wanting to say Megatron, but Galvatron, um, that he's rebuilding the Hydra Cannon, a mini Hydra Cannon, I guess. Yeah. Because it was destroyed off camera? I guess. And opening bumper? And when we come back, now the Minicons... Okay, I thought the Minicons had a fleet of their own ships, but that might be the Decepticon fleet. Well, that's what I have is down. The ships that we thought were Decepticon ships last time, now they're Minicon ships? Because, yeah, one of the Autobots says something like, I can't believe how many Minicons there are, and they have their own fleet. But later on, that same fleet is seen stopping Minicons and Autobots from getting into Cybertron. So I think this is just a classic garbage translation error. Maybe, yeah. And Sideswipe's getting impatient. He thinks he should have on planet Cybertron. That's what he calls it. That's what they all keep calling it is planet Cybertron. And then from planet Cybertron, Jetfire radios in. There's still lots of Decepticons around, so they tell him to keep his head down. Yeah, he is under heavy attack. And for whatever reason, Opti- or, uh, yeah, Optimus is like, no, we're not going to attack yet. That's what Megatron would expect. <laughs> then they, he says that our priority is to wait for Unicron's next attack. And then about a second and a half, I exaggerate, about 10 seconds later, he says, our priority is to find weaknesses in the, uh, in the Decepticon defense. Yes. So which is it? It's, it's both of them and neither. Yeah. And, and the kids wonder, okay, what's going to happen now? And Fred says, he has a funny line, he's like, stressful times like these call for large quantities of comfort food, and none of the kids even so much as look, like, none of them react. I, I just love how they've gotten to that point with Fred and his comments about food. Again, Fred is the, the one... Uh, shining light of humor that I or humor that I keep finding in this show. Um, but then we go back to the Decepticons. Oh, Hot Shot Mark just passed the kids. You won't talk to them. And then we go to the Decepticons and Thrust is talking shit and I think Starscream overhears him. Yeah, Thrust is supervising the repair of the Hydra Cannon, I guess. And he gloats about how it's been all thanks to Optimus that he still has access to these three most powerful weapons in the universe. And yeah, listening from the shadows in the doorway is Starscream. So it's nice to hear Thrust kind of at least acknowledge on screen that Optimus is the problem, yeah. right? Like, he is the reason the Decepticons are winning. Anyway, uh, we go back to the kids, and they try to talk Hotshot out of... He's he's going to fly off in one of these pods, except I think it becomes a rock, but we'll get to that. Um, but his plan is to go to Cybertron and fight all the Decepticons single-handedly and then convince Galvatron <laughs> the same thing that Optimus couldn't convince him. Convince him to join forces after he kicks the shit out of all of his forces. Yeah. But yeah, Red Alert comes in... D- d- before he can leave, and Hotshot says, uh, sorry, Big Red, I gotta do this, and then they say, goodbye a little longer, y'all, my (laughs) And then Rad loses his 
shit. And I know this was supposed to be a scene where he's like, what is going on? Ah, and he screams and we're supposed to feel for him. And I laughed the entire time. <laughs> I, I, I almost belly laughed, Paul. Well, he has this absolute meltdown it's about beautiful. how he wishes he could do something just anything to return the favor for when the Autobot saved his planet, but there is nothing he can do, and he's just useless this and useless that, and oh, what do I do? And uh. So, for the first time, I do kind of agree with Rad. He's pretty useless, but if he really wants to return the favor and keep Cybertron safe, with his track record of causing massive problems and speed bumps for the Autobots, the <laughs> best thing he could do to return that favor is to throw his own ass out of an airlock. <laughs> But uh, Red Alert said he planned on coming along with Hotshot, but he then realizes, you know what, I'll probably just get in the way, so he'll cover for Hotshot, and when Red Alert says cover for, he means immediately tell all the others. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Hotshot, I get like, they, okay, here's what I think happened, Paul, but I'm really not sure. They launch a pod, and then this little boulder, like Rock Lord Styles, yes. comes out behind the pod. And then I think the Decepticon ships blow up the pod and it goes, or it goes in one direction, they blow it up, and then the rockets through this fleet of Decepticon ships, I, I think, and then Red Alert gets out of the rock, and I, I think the Minicons helped somehow, but I don't know. But yeah, it reminded me of Rock Lords for sure, but yeah, because oh, yeah. this thing looks like an asteroid now, like, is it just like, you know, a hologram over, either way. Uh, he gets out of this thing on Cybertron and takes cover behind a real rock in front of a Decepticon base. Yeah, there's three completely unnamed Decepticons standing on guard, and he, uh, well, basically, he just opens fire. He attacks them, fights the guards, fights past the guards. I think he sneaks past them for a bit. Again, I've been checking out a lot in this series. Uh, and then he gets into the base, and the Decepticons go on high alert. Well, yeah, it took me a few times to realize what's happening, but what it kind of looked like to me is that he puts, because he's got these two great big guns with him, he puts one of them basically on automatic, and while that's shooting at the Decepticon guards, distracting them, he kind of runs around and gets inside the base. Oh, that's okay. what I got out of it. Yeah, because once the Decepticon guards find this gun all by itself and realizes they're, they realize there's an intruder and they sound the alarm. See, dear listener, this is why you need Paul in the show, because I, I don't know what's going on. Um, <laughs> the, oh, there was a really neat part here, though. So Hotshot gets caught in the hallways of the Decepticon base, severely outnumbered right away. Oh, yeah. But he gets into this little crevasse, like a little alcove in the wall, and puts a foot on each side, and he does that tread thing. Yeah. Um, where he starts, like, just basically turns himself into an elevator and he just starts going up this little alcove. Although every single time he hits a new floor, there's more Decepticons shooting at him. And they're just shooting at him, but they can't hit a damn thing. And he gets to a catwalk and jumps out. But now the gun he has is out of ammo too. And this Decepticon tank just starts blasting him with a flamethrower. And now Cyclonus is here. And Hotshot's like, I just want to talk to Galvatron. But then Demolisher and Wheeljack show up too. And Wheeljack's like, he's mine. Commercial break, right? No little cinnamon gum freshens breath longer than Big Red. So kiss a little longer, hold tight a little longer, it goes a little longer, longer with Big Red. That Big Red freshness melts right through it. Your fresh breath goes on and on. While you chew it, say goodbye a little longer, make it last a little longer. Keep your breath on that Big Hotshot's now kind of in the same predicament that Wheeljack was way, way back, right? And that's kind of what led to this. Okay. You know so what? Wheeljack, it's like, you reaching, know what? honestly, yeah. but there, 
you know what? For this show, that's actually kind of very poetic. Um, so when we come back from the commercial break, uh, the Autobot ship just sits there doing nothing and takes a bunch <laughs> yes. of fire. I, I, very typical for this show. But uh, here come the Minicons who form holograms of the Autobot ship. But no, they're real ships because they start taking fire, too. Yeah, yeah. Like laser fire hits them and they, you know, they explode and there's detonations going off. Uh, and then we go back down to the planet. Wheeljack and Hotshot are fighting. Wheeljack wins and Hot like Wheeljack beats him down, destroys his weapon. And then Hotshot says, fine, I'll fight you if you want. Yes. What? <laughs> you just were. And you lost. We can do this all day later, but let me talk to Galvatron first. Like, man, he already beat you. Like, Yeah. Uh, and back in space, the Minicons can't keep up the ship forms, I guess. They start reverting, and the Decepticons basically have it narrowed down to four ships as to which one is the real one, so concentrate fire on those. Mm-hmm. And back at the Decepticons, Thrust has the mini Hydra Cannon almost ready, and then Wheeljack. This was so perfectly G1 Transformers. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that there are doors in this room, Wheeljack <laughs> enters by throwing Hotshot through the wall. Yep. Just as Galvatron is about to hand uh, Thrust the Star Saber to, you know, get all three of the weapons into this thing uh they, they come through the fucking wall and the galvatron jumps down from the platform he's on just like split hot shot in half with the star saber but wheeljack blocks the star saber with his gun sword thing whatever it is is it t- his gun because it looked like a piece of scrap metal he had been beaten hot shot with like <laughs> and even if it was his gun why does his gun stop the star saber that yes. thing has sliced starships in half <laughs> And he tells Galvatron that Hotshot just wants to talk, and Galvatron's like, yeah, that's great. Move. Did, did you see his face when he was talking? I don't know. The only way I can describe it is if, like, do you ever have, like, a chubby kid, and you, like, squeeze the sides of their face, so you're like, squish your face, or what? <laughs> it looked like somebody did that with Wheeljack. <laughs> I didn't notice. It just, it was so poorly drawn. But Wheeljack is insistent, and Thrust thinks this is some kind of trick, but Galvatron tells Hotshot, all right. Say what you have to say. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I get that they kind of established at the beginning Galvatron thought, well, maybe it is. But all of a sudden, he is 100% opening, open to hearing all of Hotshot's sales pitch. And as soon as Thrust starts to argue, he's like, you know, I never believed you. I never trusted you. And you have this uh, this device or this new mini blaster. That's not even Transformer technology. Ah, yes. (laughs) You're just putting this together now? Yeah, because this, whatever this thing is built out of, it's it's beyond any technology Galvatron's ever seen before. And then Starscream uh, calls Thrust out for encouraging him to try and defeat Megatron in the past because okay, like Thrust that. knew all along that that could only end in Starscream's demise and then he would be closer to Megatron. Yes, yeah, so I, I guess that's kind of as much of a revol- revolution, resolution of Starscream's story as I can hope for in that he's kind of back on the Decepticon team and he finally used what leverage he had against Thrust and he outs Thrust. Uh, he'll be, you know, if this show even cares, he'll be Megatron, <laughs> sorry, Galvatron second in command again. But uh, Thrust, in response to that, grabs the blaster. Yeah, I guess he just teleports down to the Hydra cannon. He grabs that and he grabs the Skyboom shield too because it shows him with that in a second. And then... But then it shows him without it and then it shows him with it and then without it again. <laughs> yeah. And then... Galvatron just cleaves this new Hydra cannon in half, like, the long way diagonally. Um, and then Thrust is a helicopter. Yes, his wings just start spinning on his back like a helicopter rotor, and he blows them all back, so I guess there's air inside, you know, this room, even though it's on Cybertron. And also, what is he attaching his feet to the ground with that, that he's, he's not... pushing so much force <laughs> forward to knock 
Megatron off his feet, and he doesn't get his ass blown backwards. Does he have like 17 meter steel spikes down into the <laughs> surface of this planet? Because he needs them. He's using creepy glue. Creepy glue for all your staying put when you've got a helicopter thing on your back needs. Warning, creepy glue should not be used to glue helicopters to your back. And we go back to the Autobot ship then, and it's damaged. I don't know how, but it's smoking like it was at the end of uh, Puppet two episodes ago. And then the Minicons just cut the illusions. Yeah, and on Cybertron, Thrust is running for it with the Requiem Blaster and Sky Boom Shield, because I guess transforming and flying is out of the question. And back with the others, Wheeljack tells Hotshot, hey, at least you tried. Like, if nothing else, now we know Thrust's true loyalty. Yeah, um, and then the... Autobot. Oh, there's a brief shot of Thrust running. It looks like he's running deeper into Cybertron. That, that might be neat to see in upcoming episodes. But Starscream is running after him. Being, oh, I'm going to get you, motherfucker. And then the Autobot ship lands and Optimus gets out and he talks to a whole bunch of Autobot. Like, we have. Wait! Ah! Herman? It's right, you fucks. I got so many Transformers in them. Real on cocaine. I've got Autobots. I got Decepticons. I got spaceships, and the spaceships don't even have names. Do you even have any toys? Who fucking cares? <laughs> uh, can you get the door? Yeah, sure. So yeah, Optimus uh, comes down. And he's like, I-, I don't care about the fight anymore. I guess he kind of knows Unicron's coming, but yeah, he basically orders everybody off Earth or off Cyber, off planet Cybertron. Yep, and then when the kids point out that Hotshot is still missing, Optimus is like, oh, well, he knew what he was doing. Yeah, this is... Really? (laughs) That's your reaction? This is the second time Optimus has been very laissez-faire about Hotshot's predicament. Remember when he was going through his whole survivor's guilt and dealing with Wheeljack, and Optimus was like, ah, this is something he's just got to deal with on his own. (laughs) And you know what? Even when Scavenger took him out to the bridge and started wailing on him, the the other Autobots were like, nah, this is his fight. He's got to deal with it. Like, they... I don't think the rest of the Autobots actually like Hotshot. Doesn't seem like it. But you know what I, I kind of loved here is when Optimus is like, everybody get on the ship and go to bed. The Autobots are, the other Autobots are like, we don't want to. And I think Red, or one of them, one of the Optimus' boys is like, hey, he's our commander and you gotta. And they're like, fine. Yeah, you never question him. <laughs> so now I'm wondering if when you get to Cybertron and other Autobots get an, an order from Optimus Prime, are they like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this Peter Cullen Optimus or Gary Chalk? Oh, it's Gary <laughs> Chalk. Oh, fuck that. And uh, back with Thrust, he's still running and Wheeljack and Hotshot are chasing him in vehicle mode and Starscream's still after him too and tells him to be ready because he's coming for him. They admitted it. That's the first step. The kids are absolutely useless in this situation and are nothing more than a liability at this point, so take them the hell home and have it done. They had their adventure. They got to see Cybertron. Alexis became the first woman to see the entire disc of the Earth from beyond low Earth orbit. Yep, only 24 men have ever seen that, and it's been 50 years since the last time. Uh, To quote Lewis Black, isn't that enough? As soon as Rad had his meltdown, turn the ship around and take him back to Earth, then come back and pick up where you left off. What's Galvatron going to do in the meantime? Start without you? Reconquer the planet he already conquered and what must have shattered the previous record for the time it takes to conquer a planet? Like, even if Unicron shows up while you're gone, it can only end better for you. Either Galvatron will be defeated, one less thing to worry about, or he'll have sure changed his tune about joining forces. You don't even need to take the ship. Minicons can fly at warp speed through space, apparently. Jam these kids into one of those pods, strap the minicons to the roof racks, and send them on their way. The, the things are big enough for an Autobot to fit inside. Surely they're not. <laughs>
Here we are at the end of another episode of the Transformers Nitpickers Podcast Show. The episode was Dash. Paul, what are you glad to have passed over on this thing? <laughs> uh, it was... Oh, kind of batting 500. It was our, it, it's a good hotshot episode, if you like hotshot, which I, I do. But some of the writing was just wrong. Like, oh, why yeah. would Red Alert say, I'll cover for you, when he could just as easily have said something more like, I won't lie for you, hotshot, but I won't stop you either. Like, that's a Red Alert lie, not I'll cover for you. Because then he went and did the exact opposite. Well, yeah, exactly. He's like, I, I won't lie for you, but I'll, I'm not going to stop you from going. Yeah, do, this do was another one of those episodes... Much like um, the uh, what was the last one we watched? The mess of an episode, but um, uprising, uprising. But uh, like it, it, it feels like five minutes of necessary, very necessary plot were just removed from this episode. And I'll be positive. At least we got we got some progression with some personal plot lines, specifically Thrust's allegiance to the Decepticons. I like oh, yeah. that. That's at least moving forward. Well, it's not even moving forward. It, it's established. He's he's Unicron's guy. But they're at least, they're at least like, it's not, it's no longer just Thrust going, oh, I'll get you all. Now Thrust is on the run. And Starscream has a bit of a vendetta. I do like that Starscream's one of the ones chasing him. It's a bit, yeah. it's a bit personal for him. When he realizes you were trying to get me to fight Megatron when you knew damn well Megatron would just kill me. And it, the goal that Thrust told him of, like, you can rule the Decepticons was always bullshit because eventually Unicron's gonna come. So I do like that they're progressing that. Uh, you know something else I like, Paul, I will say, um, in reference to your rant, was um, that, that we're going back to the moon. We're getting there again. Artemis 1 had its flyby a little while ago, and there's, a like, India and Russia and China, and uh, there's a bunch of countries, there was other, oh, South Korea, I think, and America, we're all going back to the moon. We're going to get moon bases, and we're going to start getting to the moon again. And I think that's very awesome. Oh, yeah. What isn't as awesome will probably be the next episode of Transformers Armada, which is Drift. And if you want to see something that's drifting and doesn't know where it's going, you can log on to Twitter right now and <laughs> find us. I'm at John Sobey. Paul is at pmcpherson1. You can also email the show via transformersnitpickers at gmail.com. Yep. Make sure you rate and review us on your podcast app, whatever it is you listen to us with, and tell all your friends, tell everybody you know. You can tell them that they can find old episodes of the Transformers Nitpickers podcast show at transformersnitpickers.podbean.com. And until the next episode. Keep on transforming. See you later. Stressful times like these call for large quantities of comfort food.